By 2014, they topped out in the high five figures per month in revenue. His co-founder left. He's now basically said, you know what? This is going to be a lifestyle business. We're bootstrapped. It's now flat, call it, you know, do it somewhere, but you know, less than obviously 80, 90 grand per month in revenue. They've gotten churn in checks, so less than 3% logo churn per month. Folks paying on average 50 bucks per month. They have between 10 and 1,000 customers, again, bootstrapped as he builds his team traveling the world for people uh, fully remote. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Chris Mack. He's a former consultant to Microsoft, GE, GM, American Express, and many others. Now he's the founder of Spokal, which we'll jump into today. Chris, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, yeah. All right. What is Spokal and how do you guys make money? Um, Spokal is a content marketing automation platform, which sounds like a lot of uh, buzzwords. Basically, it's been designed to help uh, small businesses to use content marketing to deliver new leads for their own businesses. Okay, very good. And is it a pure place SaaS company? Yep, absolutely. Right, between 50 and 200 bucks a month. Okay, fair enough. So very much in kind of the SMB space then. All right, and put this on a timeline for me. When did you launch the company? What year? Uh, we started in 2012. So okay. Now. And what was the context? Did you just leave all your consulting gigs and wanted to strike out on your own or what was the deal? Yeah, actually for me, I had left my consulting gigs uh, a couple of years previously. I think I'd, I'd, I'd reached my limit of uh, where I wanted to go in the corporate space. And uh, so I actually just kind of quit everything and uh, traveled for a couple of years. Oh, wow. Where'd you travel? All over uh, Asia, South America, Europe. Um, yeah, pretty much like Australia, pretty much everywhere except for Africa, really. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I came back to Vancouver. That was in 2012. And then fast forward to today, how many customers have you scaled to? Well, so we scaled up, um, kind of been on this interesting journey. So we started with the plan of becoming like a startup and we joined like a little, you know, accelerator um, type of uh, workspace. And, um, and then we scaled up quite a bit, but um, we reached a point where basically the like onboarding and getting new customers was kind of hitting equilibrium with the number of people that were leaving as well. SMB is kind of a tough space. People... Yep. New platform, start a new platform, um, you know, try their hand at it for three months or six months or a year and then and then leave. So we were seeing a lot of churn. And uh, what we really, like how high are we talking? We're talking like 10% monthly churn, 20%? I mean, this was a while back, so I, I'm not sure I could even give you the exact numbers anymore. But but what we were seeing is like we were, we're working harder and harder and harder and not really seeing the kind of growth that we were, we were used to seeing. And um, so we kind of were faced with a choice and it was either, you know, Re- revamp our entire kind of uh, process and revamp our entire the way we were approaching everything or accept that it was never really going to scale as a startup and it would be a really it was a nice business um, and accepted it uh, as that so that's basically where we've gotten to is that we stopped growing uh, probably a few years back and we went fully remote 
but now we manage everything remotely and uh, manage the our existing customers. Rate is, is extremely low, um, but like, I guess, like how, how low are we talking? Two percent a month, three percent? Um, you know what? I don't even check anymore, but I would say it's less than that. It's probably sitting at okay. So, so sorry, less than two or three percent per month logo churn. Easy, yeah. Um, and how many customers do you have today? Don't really talk about that anymore. Um, the reason was is like. Chris, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you mean you don't talk about customer? That doesn't make any sense. We don't talk about how many customers we have because that doesn't really help our customers. Um, there's like that was part of the startup game. It's part of the part of the thing that we realized moving into this is that like there's, there's two ways to approach a new business, and one is to try to play the startup game. And, and what do you mean? Sorry, what I don't understand. What do you mean play the startup game? Play the startup game. So when you enter, for when we entered. Um, when we started building this company, there was a lot of drive and a lot of people pushing, you know, to take uh, investment dollars, for example, or to, uh, you know, really focus on all the metrics that you've been talking about, churn, MMR, MRR, like they, there's really important baseline things, but they're, they're really important if you've got a certain goal in mind. Chris, so, just to be clear, there are the most successful bootstrapped companies know these numbers inside and out. This has nothing to do with raising capital. What I'm hearing you say is you made a strategic life choice. It's yes. flat and it, and it makes you self-conscious to share the numbers because they're flat. I would encourage you to go all in on this story because I think it's valuable. So how many customers are you at today? Sorry, I'm still not releasing those numbers. Well, why, 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 why would you not? Um, I guess it was just a decision that we made a, a while back. Because Who's, I, who's well, we? Who's on the team? Honestly, so the main reason is... Uh, is uh, personal psychology, I guess, around it. So if you're focusing on those numbers, if those are the numbers that, that are, then those are the numbers that you're going to drive towards. Right. And like you said, there was a, you know, I made a lifestyle change like decision to not focus on those so that I could focus on other things that I consider to be more important. So if I focus on the number of customers that we have, then that's going to be the metric that I use moving forward and the metric that I consider to be most important. If I, on the other hand, work on uh, making sure that our customers are happy and that the platform is working for them, then that's what I'm going to be focusing on. And yeah, Chris, just to be, sorry, I, my audience is going to listen to this and they're going to, they, they're going to sense, they're going to, they're going to sense something's going on because there are plenty of people not focused on growing customers that are focused on retention, which is what you just said. They still know how many customers they have. So all, all, all I'm asking for is a general sense. I mean, are we talking like 10 customers, a thousand customers, a million customers? Generally, where are you? Yeah, we're, we're between 10 and 1,000. Okay, fair enough. Good. So less than 1,000 customers. So you're focused on retention. You've driven churn down and you're still you're bootstrapped, correct? Absolutely, yeah. That's okay. So that's great. And, and talk to me about the team today. So are you the sole founder or are there co-founders? Uh, no, there was two of us who founded it. Um, the, so my former co-founder, she left um, probably, about, oh, probably about four years ago when we decided to make the switch. You know, did you buy her out or did she take equity with her? Uh, she still owns part of the company. Okay. And and how many people are on the team in all your remote places across the world? We're four. We're a very small team. Four people. Um, very good. And then um, walk me through what those four people do. So obviously there's you. What, what does everyone else do? Well, we have a software dev, a customer support person, and, uh, and basically like a, uh, what do I call him? He's a software dev slash uh, server admin, I suppose. Okay. And... And so what are they, the software developer, I mean, walk me through like product strategy. Where are you trying to take the company? 
Right. So, I mean, we're maintaining effectively. So the, the, the issue with this kind of space is it changes so fast that it's difficult to try to, uh, like you can't just build a product and then, and then leave it running because all the other, like we integrate with probably about 20 different systems, which is kind of where a lot of the value add comes uh, from, like in Spokal. So just maintaining a lot of the systems when, for example, you know, Facebook updates their API or Twitter updates their API or, or any of our partners do um, requires quite a lot of work. So we've slowed down on new feature development and really kind of focused on uh, maintaining uh, current APIs and also... How can one developer do that though? I mean, Hootsuite, these other companies that plug into all the different social APIs, they have dozens of developers specifically just to keep these things updated. You have one. How can you keep up? <laughs> but you know you could but see you know you could hire more if you want to stay bootstrapped and only grow based off your revenue you could hire more developers to meet this vision if you focused on growing revenue i understand so why are you not doing that like i said we, we did try that was our initial vision you know and and uh you know we have that discussion all day long as to whether we failed or should have tried harder or should have tried a bunch of different things. But that was our initial vision and, and we tried that and we reached a certain level of growth. Um, you know, we were doing pretty well, but we were also seeing a very high level of churn. And, uh, and so overall what we were seeing is, is um, you know, really, really working very, very hard for at the end of the day, what, what didn't amount to be a whole lot more than what we have now. And now everything's a bit more relaxed and everything's a bit more um, chilled. So it's, it's, you know, it goes back to what you, you clearly said, uh, you know, just a few minutes ago. It is a, a definitely a lifestyle design choice. Mm-hmm. So, so where did you guys talk to me about where you, where you topped out before just churn was too much and before you made the changes? So you topped out, I think you said three or four years ago before you switched. And in that month, I mean, did you break a hundred grand in revenue, 50 grand, a million? I mean, where were you generally? We were doing pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm like... I'm not sure there's a whole lot of point in discussing exact numbers, but we, you know, we were doing, yeah, high five figures. Okay, high five, but below 100. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So at that point, you said, by the way, this reminds me of my story. My first company, Heyo, it was a drag and drop for Facebook apps. Every Tuesday morning, we knew that we were going to have something broken because that night, Facebook released, that's when they did the release. And uh, eventually, we topped out about 80, 90 grand a month in revenue. We had raised VC and we eventually decided, you know what? We can't, like, our turn's too high. It's like 7% per month. We can't keep up. And I ultimately sold the business. So, like, I'm trying to push you here to be open about this because I think it's valuable, but you're being coy on the numbers. I would just, I just think you should be open with the numbers because other people should do what you're doing and they don't because they think it's bad because they, they sense weakness coming from you when really I think it's a strength. I mean, people can sense whatever they, they'd like to. I mean, it's still not going to change how I decide to communicate about my company, right? Um, so, I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I don't think it really changes. Um, it, well, it would, because if, 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 really if you really doubled down on these questions I'm pushing you hard on and owned it, other people would say, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. I should do it too. But because you're like holding stuff back, people assume there's something wrong with it. Right. I just think it's smart. I think it's a smart choice that you made. This is, uh, and this is maybe something that you might be right about and something I'll have to reflect on and I may make uh, the decision to um, be totally honest with the numbers at some point in the future. So why not? Why not? So you're, you're, your best month four years ago, you're doing kind of 80, 90 grand a month, whatever. Now it's down or it's flat, call it 30, 40, 50, some, somewhere below that, right? Why not just sell the company and move on? Go travel more. Um, it's definitely been something that I've been thinking about. Well, you know, no one's ever going to buy the company unless they know the numbers. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of buyers listen to my podcast. Okay. Yeah, look, I mean, it's, 
I, I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, it's kind of sitting in that space right now where that that is one option. Um, what would you, how would you think about selling it? Cause like the challenging thing is somebody like you, you say, well, we're a SaaS company and SaaS companies sell for, you know, six X, but, but the problem is you're declining. There's churn like da, 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 da. I mean, you'd be lucky to probably get one and a half, two X, I think for a company. And especially in this, I've seen a lot of companies actually in this space, just totally roll up and fold because of all the changes and the, and the war against bots has really, they've cut off a lot of these applications. It's very tough. So what do you think you'd sell for on, in terms of a revenue multiple? Honestly, like I, I'm, <laughs> You're pushing for, for answers to questions that I haven't even really gone that far down. You said you've thought about it. We've thought about it. Yeah, I like thought about it in terms of, you know, literally just a thought about it. The, the reality is, is, is it is like a lifestyle choice, right? I mean, the reality is, is not a, not a whole lot of um, energy needs to be put into this company at this point. You know, it, it, it takes over really well. A lot of our customers have been with us for years at this point. Um, the, you know, my employees have been with us for years. So it's, it's kind of a comfortable, it's a nice place to be. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's no sense of urgency on my side in order to, you know, to, to sell it or to, to change anything really. So, but that's because you're comfortable. Correct. I mean, you were comfortable making six figures at corporate gigs before for several years before you quit and said, I want to do my own thing. You're good. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just curious. Does in your life, does there ever become a forcing function that says, wow, I am comfortable. If I just, if I sold this thing, freed up my mind, I could go travel and be happier or I could launch, you know, a new idea I have or something like that. I mean, I think what's happening here is it's doing 50 or 60 top line. You're pocketing each month, 20, 30 grand, and you can live comfortably on that. You have no reason to do anything, which can be very dangerous. No, absolutely. hundred uh, percent agree with that. Uh, that's, not exactly the situation though. So I, uh, because I'm able to work remotely, I do actually travel quite a lot. So I'm currently in South America, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it isn't actually the only uh, company that I work on. So it, for, for exactly that reason, you know, it is comfortable and it is very nice. And, uh, and I do enjoy What else it. are you working on? Okay. What else are you working on? I've got um, a cryptocurrency-based um, startup that's kind of still under stuff mode. So I've got like some other things that I'm working on that keep the challenge going. So Spokel's kind of lost a bit of the challenge for me, um, but I do appreciate, I guess, the continuity that it provides, and I appreciate the kind of relationships that have built through it. So, so it's kind of a nice thing, which is, I guess, why there's not a whole lot of urgency to sell it. Yeah, that makes sense. I get it. All right, very good, Chris. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? I don't know. I haven't read a business book in ages. What's the last book you read? Uh, it's Stealing Fire. And number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, I've always admired Elon Musk, obviously. Um, there's, no. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Honestly, it's really boring. I'd say zero, bookkeeping. Nothing wrong with that. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, I pretty much try aim for eight. I mean, sometimes eight. I'm between six and nine. So. And, and what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Uh, single. And uh, no kids? Cut out. Sorry, no kids? And how old are you? I'm 41. 41. Last question, Chris. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Like so many things. Um, I think I wish that... Um, yeah. I, 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 the difference between like getting advice from other people and, and the, the appropriate place that it belongs in your life... Taking their advice as, as gospel, so I think a bit more, a bit more uh, inner strength in taking advice uh, as advice as opposed to uh, perhaps uh, 
life guidance. Guys, there you have it. Manage your advice wisely. Launched Spokal back in 2012, playing in the social media space. By 2014, they topped out in the high five figures per month in revenue. His co-founder left. He's now basically said, you know what? This is going to be a lifestyle business. We're bootstrapped. It's now flat, call it, you know, do it somewhere, but you know, less than obviously 80, 90 grand per month in revenue. They've gotten churn in checks, so less than 3% logo churn per month. Folks paying on average 50 bucks per month. They have between 10 and 1,000 customers, again, bootstrapped as he builds his team traveling the world for people uh, fully remote. Chris, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me.